Alright everybody, what's up? This is the Business Motivation Podcast and this is episode 13 of the podcast. Yes, the third episode of season 2 actually. So if you haven't seen the first two episodes, you need to check those out. Alright, and for tonight I have a very, very special guest. It's none other than Mr. Dale Honigan. He is... um, a composer, songwriter, poet, I think, and maybe other things. Mr. Dale, for those who have been living under a rock, just give us a further, you know, bit of introduction. All right. So, um, as you said, my name is Dale Hannigan. I'm a musician. Um, so I play instruments, mostly keyboard instruments. Um, as you said, I write songs, I compose, I am a poet as well and uh former choir director so anything in music uh, i'll be doing that a little bit of producing as well okay awesome and of course we'll be getting into more details about these um the many skills that he has um as this progresses just gonna ask you right now before we get any further to just you know like and subscribe to the channel you know we're bringing on very talented guests here and you know it is something that you should really um take a look at you know all right so mr dale um i'm gonna get into the questions right away because i'm really um excited about this interview to be honest personally i am an, an admirer of your work um especially some of the compositions that you have um done my two favorites um walls definitely big tune for those who haven't heard it and then you should check it out link to the youtube video will be in the description and um seeking the lost those two are my favorites and it was good it was good to see that um seeking the lost performance live a couple weeks ago like a month ago right that was awesome and you had a tour and everything yes of course you'll be getting into that (laughs) but i just want to I want you to um, get into where did this all uh, began, you know? I'm sure you started this music as a child, right? I absolutely did. So my father was a music teacher. Okay. So as long as I've known myself, I've been doing music. So, um, but he was, he was really a classical man. So growing up, we had to wake up in early, me and my siblings had to wake up early in the morning and we had to practice, practice our scales and practice classical pieces. And then, but then we come back home, I had to practice again. So it wasn't, it wasn't even like a passion. It was like a chore at that time. I didn't even look, but, um, so I did that from age as I, I can't tell you when I started, but that was up until probably about 11. And then I left my father to live with my mother. I stopped playing because I didn't have to do it anymore. So we're free, free now. And then yeah, about 15, 16, I found a book. And the book, so you know like how books will have musical notes. But in this particular book, I saw something for the first time. It was, so the, the notes are there for the songs. There's like some little praise and worship songs. But let's say if the notes, if it's C, like say the chord is C, you just put C at the top as well. Or if it's G, you just put C at the top. So I started to ignore the notes. I was just following that. And then I, I started to realize that there are certain patterns that kept repeating themselves. 
And that's when I really learned to play by ear. And that's fell in love with music and you couldn't take me off of the piano. And around that time was the time in high school where you start to choose. And I decided since I have a passion for this, I should just try to make a living out of it. And so that's where it started and I never looked back since. All right, um, and I like that last part. Make a living out of it. <laughs> we'll be getting into that um, as the interview progresses. That's a very interesting story. Um, I myself, I, I tried to teach myself the keyboard. Um, yeah, let's just say that didn't turn out very well. <laughs> I guess I, I didn't have the discipline um, that you had. And of course, the, the background, uh, I mean, uh, my parents not really um, known for their music abilities. Um, my brothers and I just kind of got into music on a deeper level um, by ourselves. But not about me. It's, it's all about your ventures. Um, so you said you were being basically trained to be a musician ever since you were a child. And of course, that's a very good foundation to have. I believe if I if I was a music teacher in your father's situation, I would I would teach my children music too. I mean, it's one of the best ways a young child can develop, and this can help them in other aspects of life. But um, back to the point where you made about um, you know, starting to learn by ear and really getting into this music and getting into you know making a living out of it. Um, I assume you made this decision after university, you said? No, so I made that decision from high school. From... Oh, high school, right. Sorry. All right. So, all right. So you made that decision from high school. But then, who exactly did you make that transition? Because I know even though you have the skills, it might ne not necessarily be so easy to make a living off of it right away. So just guide me through that process. What did you do to, you know, build this um, career of yours, the lack of a better word? So where, where I lived, where I grew up when I was in high school was Mandible. And the, the blessing for me growing up in Mandible was NCU was right there. At the time, the musical environment up there was next level is amazing and so i would go over there and i'd see all the greats the great songwriters and the great musicians and they and i just wanted to be a part of that that whole experience so after high school um i wanted to go straight to ncu my father actually made me take what we now call a gap year and um kind of improve on my skills work on certain things and then so a year and a half after high school i went to ncu um majored in music um, so I studied there um, after high school. So I graduated in 2016 with a bachelor's degree in music education. So after high school, so even not high school, college, even during college, I was working as a music teacher. So I taught at a number, a few schools in the Mandeville area. And then after I graduated, I was still teaching. However, um, one one of the downfalls in Jamaica, in my opinion, is most musicians, most persons who study music end up being music teachers. And there's nothing wrong with that if you want to be a music teacher. Okay. 
but for me, in my experience, I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed, I enjoyed being in the classroom. I enjoyed interacting with the students. I enjoyed working with the choir. I didn't like lesson plans. I didn't like marking papers. Marking papers is fun until like the third paper, and then you're just like, all right, you know, like, but like I'm tired of this. But for me personally, what I was interested in was more of the performance aspect of music, the writing, the composing, the producing, the performing. And by the time the day done at, at teaching, it's like I don't have the time or I don't have the energy to really do what I wanted to. Um, so that was my little challenge. Um, in 2018, I wrote a book. As I said earlier, I'm a poet and I put together a compilation of my poems. And in that summer of 2018, I flew to New York because I had some people in New York and I wanted to sell them the book. Back up. Um, so all these years of me doing music, I'd always see the Adele Thomas's touring and the Humble touring. And I was, as well. So that's something I always wanted to do. So once I did the book, it was like, okay, this is an opportunity. It's not quite a tour. Was an opportunity for me to travel in the name of my art. So I went to New York and I was selling persons. But the secondary reason for me going to New York was to scope out the, the musical um, scene there, at least in the churches. Because I always felt like, for me personally, Jamaica just kind of had a limit for me personally. It's probably not everybody's experience. And there are some opportunities, but in my experience, I always felt like there was a limit to the things I wanted to do. So when I went to New York that summer, I was scoping out the churches, scoping out the environment, seeing what it's like. And I remember one particular day where I sold a girl, a book. There's a girl that went to high school with me. Um, I hadn't seen her since high school. And so this is years later. And we met up and I sold her the book. I remember we were in a Dunkin' Donuts. I remember exactly where we were. And after that whole encounter, I decided this is what I want to do. I want to do my art full time. I emailed my principal. I told him I'm going to resign. And I was so serious. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going back to the school. Um, now on the last Sabbath before I flew back to Jamaica, I played for a church in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they didn't have a musician. So they told me they didn't have a musician. I told them I'm looking to come to the States. So we exchanged numbers. Flew back down to Jamaica. Um, the principal asked me to stay a month. So I went back to, to high school for a month and just to make the transition for the new teacher smoother. So I was there for a month. And by the following November, I migrated to New York to take up the job offer at the church. Um, that, that really launched me to here. And then since I've been here, I've been networking and, you know, um, really trying to establish myself so that I could continue to stay, sustain myself by playing music pretty much. All right. Well, um, guys, for, for those of you who are really listening, you've mentioned a lot of things just now. And so, um, so you're new, you're in New York right now, right? All right. So we have yet another international episode of the Business Motivation Podcast. Um, one of the things that he mentioned was um, getting out of the comfort zone of Jamaica, where he saw that there was a cap. Now, this is something that you're going to have to do sometimes in the world of business. 
you have to look at your environment. Um, I think the, the saying goes that a, a goldfish or a shark does not outgrow its environment. If you keep the goldfish in a tank, it's not going to grow beyond a certain size. But many people who, you know, got tired of taking care of the goldfish, they would throw it out into a pond and it would get much bigger when it's in a pond. They can grow up to like three feet long. I've seen some pictures. It's crazy. It's the same goldfish. So um, he took the big step going into New York, whole new different environment. But, you know, he took it as a, a duck to water. And he mentioned something very important as well. Networking. Very important, guys. <laughs> and, you know, he spoke out his environment. Going to the different churches and seeing how much he can fulfill a need. Turns out a church needed a musician and he was right there. If he wasn't scoping out his environment, doing the research, that would not have happened. So these are some very powerful business tips that you can get. Even from an experience like that. Alright, so you sold your friend the book and that helped to really inspire you to, you know, take this on but i really want to know more about your um composition and and the poetry because you say you sold a poetry book right when you of course um we should definitely get one of those poems and <laughs> um demonstrate uh, one of those poems right here or maybe leave some links in the description for some of your poems i think some of them are on youtube right almost all of them all right great so yes so some of the links will be in the description and he has his own youtube channel and his own podcast the um to be honest podcast very good to watch guys so the links all those will be in the description but tell me more about your um compositions how do you come up with these things because i'm hearing some of these stuff and i'm like whoa like especially uh, my favorite my all-time favorite was i really like how Everything like the the background, the music, the track is amazing. Um, when the different vocals coming in with their different parts and day seven guys, just listen to day seven, <laughs> mad. What apart from you know that arrangement, like how do you come up with your arrangement? Like just run us through that briefly. All right, so all right, the two things I mentioned. One is. There's a man, there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Andrew Marshall, right? Now, if you like my arrangements, his his stuff is next level. So he's one of those persons that I would have noticed um, being in Mandible. And when I was at NCU, he came and he directed the choir for, um, for I think, about two years. And I sang on his choir. And his choir alone is like a university education in of itself. And oh. so, trust me, <laughs> so good. So uh, he has been a major influence for me. That's one. He really got me into that kind of, well, him and also Shahaya. I have to give credit to other persons on the university. Shahaya, I used to sing on Shahaya before I directed it. And they do that kind of technical, nigger spiritual, mixed with classical type of sound, mixed with some jazz and so forth. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, but you know, I'm, I'm very much aware of that kind of sound. Back in my high school days, um, I went to Glenmere High School, and the Glenmere Choir would do a similar style to that. Um, 
a lot of Moses Hogan arrangements that were quite <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah, so we like to challenge ourselves. So I'm very familiar with that kind of style, and so I I know exactly what you're talking about. And I guess that's why I'm so interested in your kind of work because you kind of adapt some of that in your music. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. Continue. So just being on the just being on the university campus. Um, being a part of Shahai and then being a part of Chamber Choir, which is what Dr. Marshall directed, has that was a big influence on me. Um, so I'll credit that. And when I became the director of Shahai, now I have to be, and I like I like creating my own thing. I like arranging and writing, and so. But prior to that, I, my only composition to be like more just contemporary gospel type. But I had to really like challenge myself to enter into that world. But one thing I noticed with myself is if I really, and this is probably for any musician, I don't know, but I can speak for myself. If I really, really submit myself like into a certain genre, like listening to it and being in that environment, that culture long enough, then I'm going to get it. Like it's like it. Not, it's not that it's like it. music is a language and if you want to learn Spanish you can do Spanish classes and you can you know get the softwares or whatever but if you move to a Spanish speaking country and submerge yourself into that culture then you're going to start to get it and that's I think what happened to me musically so I was immersed into that kind of that that sound that kind of music I was immersed into that so when I started to try to put my hand into arranging, it started to come natural to me. Naturally, I think I've always been an arranger because even before that, when I was doing my little gospel things and working with other choirs, I'd always just hear different possibilities. You know, I'd hear different things, different melodies, different chords. So I've always been an arranger. It's just that when I got into that world, my arrangement started to take on that kind of nature. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. It's just God. I, I, I don't have a formula. There are little tricks of the trade here and there, but it's really just things that I hear and I can only attribute attribute that to God working through me. Amen. Um, well, I, I had a feeling that you would find that question difficult to answer because this thing comes naturally to you. But um, what, by the way, I do have my own arrangement as well. Um, I sing with a singing group for those who don't know and I would sometimes make arrangements for that group I would write songs as well um, and since recently I've begun to write solo songs and a lot of the time to be honest here we go again to be honest you know <laughs> um, to be honest um, I would just hear a melody playing in my head and I'm like I've never heard that song before and it would have like a few words and then I would just put more words to it and you know just write a full fed song if it needs a bridge I'd come up with one the idea here um, as Dale Honigan so rightly said is to immerse yourself once you see that you have a natural talent immerse yourself go to that um, proverbial Spanish speaking country get get to someone who probably knows the field more than you get a, a mentor of sorts and of course um this point was mentioned strongly in 
my interview with Chevron Walker at episode 10. For those who haven't seen it, you need to check that out. All right. So, yeah, because once you have that person encouraging you to get better at what you are more naturally inclined to, you will immerse yourself and you'll become better at learning the language of music. And for those who are in, really interested in the field of music, the best thing you can do is, you know, get yourself immersed in it, develop your style. Um, within every genre, you can have different styles and you need to find out what fits you and really get yourself into it. All right, so we touch on the music, we touch on the arrangement, um, the poetry now. Yes, um, I must say you do have some good bars. <laughs> My favorite poem that you did was the one about Jamaica. Um, being in love with an older woman or something like that. And, you know, really playing off that whole thing about comparing the island of Jamaica to a woman. I think that was brilliant. Um, how did you get into the poetry thing? Um, that comes naturally to you as well? Okay, so again, and this... This is that's the, this is the first experience that I realized as the, the, the immersion type thing. The music is the second. So growing up in high school, I was I was a huge Eminem fan. Huge. Oh. <laughs> I love rap. Like love. Like next like listen to every day, like know every word of his albums. Not oh. song. At level, yeah. So, surprise to me, I, I got to be honest. <laughs> so, um, so I used to listen to that every day, every day, every day, every day. Come on from school, listen, listen, listen. New album come out, listen, listen, listen. And, um, and I used to try to rap. I used to rap a bit in high school and thing. Um, so I, I realized I had the ability to write. Um. Reach, reach university, get me older, you kind of put away those things, you know, not really doing that. Um, it was a, an assignment in a psychology class, and there are different options of what you could do. A is to do this, B to do this. One of the options was to write a poem about, I don't remember what it was about, but one of the options was to write a poem. So out of all the options, that looked, you know, like the most fun. All right, let me try to write a poem. And I wrote the poem, and it's pretty good. It came out pretty nice. And I, I, I gave it in for my homework, and it's like, okay, I have a poem. In 2012, 2012 is when Jamaica celebrated Jamaica 50th. Right. And she was doing a program in the Mandeville Park, the graduating class. Mm-hmm. And items and so i said that i would do a poem i was thinking i would do the the one that i did for the assignment in hindsight it's so good i didn't do that poem because it had nothing to do with anything that was going on in the program it, it would have been horrible but they asked me for two items so i decided all right let me write another one and that's when i wrote the, the one that you spoke about the love with the older woman oh. um that poem came about I went up onto the stage, I presented it. This is the first time I'm presenting a poem, and it was well received. Um, so I was like, hmm, and it was so well received, I didn't even bother with the second one. I was like, let me just take the win and let's come off of the stage. So I did that one. 
and I started to perform that same poem at different events. And so I said, hmm, and I started to write more. And I could I could tell, like, one, one of the things with Eminem that I used to appreciate when I was in high school was his wordplay. His play on words, his puns, his similes, his metaphors, all of that. And I could see that I had a natural ability now to insert those things into my poetry. And so I start, I just kept on writing, kept on writing. And then I kept on performing at different things, mostly in Mandawa. And I started to become known, as known as a poet as I was as, as a musician. Oh. And so that's a part, of, a part of what I did. And I just kept writing and never stopped. So, yeah. Um, over the years, I can say I think that moved on it. Um, yeah, and people seem to enjoy it. So, but it's definitely not my first love, though. Music is definitely my first love. Poetry is, you know, the like a side hustle I have going on. All right, awesome stuff. And it's good to um, be diverse um, in what you do. Because for every skill, there are sub skills. Right, and so depending on what your skill is, invest into the sub skills as well. Sometimes it may turn out that you make more money from the sub skill, <laughs> it, it can turn out that way, so you'll never know. Um, what will happen, but then, funny. okay, go ahead. Funny, because even if you go back to the story that I told earlier, it's really the poetry that got me into New York. Okay the book that I wrote that allowed me to come over and travel and then once here I was able to do the music thing so what I noticed is many times my poetry opened doors that even my music didn't there are many form and people wouldn't even know I'm a musician but poetry because there's so many musicians especially here there's so many musicians they're not that many poets so even though music is my first love and it's what I do mainly I have to say that my poetry definitely opened many doors for me and then once I was in as able to present my music. All right, you see? A living example is right here, talking to us. And it's true. Um, going into your skills and all of that now, I have an interesting question for you. Um, I'm not sure how to word it now. <laughs> you spoke about arrangements. Um, before I ask you that question though, there's something that always stands out when he's speaking. And it's the word practice. Even if you're naturally good at something, you're still gonna need to constantly practice in order to get better so that you can stand out. You know? That's the only way you're gonna really stand out. So don't just put your hands in the ear and you know, oh I'm naturally good at this. I'm a natural. This is this is enough. No, it's not enough. Get that practice in. Um there's a book. I think called Outliers that spoke about getting you know, 10,000 hours. Basically, constantly practicing something for 10,000 hours until you become a master. So, even if you're naturally good at something, please get the practice in. That's how you're going to stand out. Okay, now in terms of standing out, who does, I don't know how to ask this, but I'm just going to go to this. How does one develop a uh, style in terms of music or poetry or whatever and um if if this you find that question difficult how is it that you develop your style of music 
because it's quite unique even though it's within a genre so let's have it i'm really right. interested to find out okay so um everybody has influences right so everybody has influences so everybody has things that they naturally they gravitate to especially in music well speaking mostly about music um i would say to develop a style one you can't ignore your influences right you have, you have to for me personally there are things that i love the things i don't love um sometimes i find myself in church i play for a sunday church and it's really churchy right sometimes not all the time but it gets really like churchy in terms of like short music and a lot of those things which isn't really which isn't really my thing i appreciate it i like it i listen to it but it's not really who i am i tried i try to kind of get it more into me but i also try to project who i am as a musician and then try to even do those church things but in my context so one um honesty is a huge part of music and and, and by honesty i mean being true to yourself being true to who you are um when i was at when i was at ncu nobody was really doing the, the shahaya thing except shahaya and i grew to appreciate that and we'd go to concerts and people would probably want us to do a tai chi bit or a kurt franklin or whatever and i do those sometimes but i also try to always be true to myself um but yeah i think as a case to um like being unique or so forth i think you have to just don't you can't really try too hard because if you try too hard it's not going to be authentic and authenticity is like the key to this thing so mm-hmm. from try to the things that i appreciate the things that i naturally listen to which are different things from different areas i just try to kind of make those things into my thing right so i appreciate some jazz I wouldn't call myself a jazz musician but I appreciate jazz and people say they sometimes hear jazz in my playing. I don't but but they do so I appreciate that. And there's a part of me that likes some classical. Um definitely not a classical musician even though I studied classical in college. Um and then there's certain gospel things that I like and different things from here and there and so what I try to do is just try to let all those influences come in. And when I'm playing or when I'm writing or arranging, I just kind of express it how it, how, how, it's just honesty. That's just the, the word that keeps coming to me. I remember sometimes, because my playing used to always be, especially like in college, it used to always be like really pretty. And that's, that's not a good thing necessarily. Because like gospel, gospel musicians I don't want to be too technical but gospel musicians they're always trying to be like fat chords and the most you know complex things right and my stuff were just like really simple and pretty and we just kind of tell a story and then there used to be there, there was a phase in my life where I was trying to abandon that and just try to do all these fancy and pretty things not pretty things fat things and just um but then I realized that I wasn't really being true to how I felt and I the other thing I realized is when I feel it other people feel it right so I learned to okay um these these fancy things I'll practice them and let them seep into me naturally 
but when I'm playing, just really be true to myself and true to how I'm hearing it and how I'm feeling it. And so the advice answer to the first part of the question for persons is love what you love, love the types of music you love, and be true to that. Be true to that when, when you're presenting. And for me personally, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to be true to those those things, but I'm also trying to submit myself into other things because I always want to grow. I always want to be expanding as a musician. And so, as I said, I'm working in a church that's really churchy and it's not really what I grew up in. But now I have to spend my time and just spend my hours listening and submerge myself into that. You know, so it comes back to that submerging yourself. But let those new things come out naturally when you feel them. Don't force them because the one thing that you can't hide is inauthenticity in music. It's going to stand out. So you just want to be authentic with everything. All right. Awesome. And you mentioned standing out. You can stand out in a wrong way, as you just mentioned. Um, when you get those hours in, when you immerse yourself, be true to how you feel and how you want to express yourself, you know, then that's going to become something that you can really bring to the world of music. And have faith in yourself. Um, don't just give up because you're not the best composer or singer or player out there. You still you are still you you still have something different that you can bring to the table and for me personally i do want to get into um producing my own music um i'm not the best singer out there for those who don't know i sing bass for my group i don't really sing um other things often but i'm really starting to get the practice that i've, I've begun to sing solo since the other day and so um, it's all about expanding and, you know, growing, as Mr. Honigan mentioned. Don't just stay one place, all right? Music is evolving. It's just a, a wonderful thing. And um, that's how we're going to close off the show tonight. He has said so much, and I hope you've really begun to take his words of advice for those who are coming into the music sphere. Um, if you might feel discouraged that, you know, you know, I'm not as good as Dale, you know, how am I going to get anywhere? I mean, don't be discouraged, man. Um, bring your flavor to the table and run with it. Um, Mr. Dale, about, you can give us about one more minute of, you know, final advice and encouragement for those who are coming up and those who want to actually make a living from this like you have. All right. So in answering that, as you're saying that, one experience just came back to me and it happened at the, the same event that you saw, the, you witnessed the Seeking the Last Live. Um, they asked me to do a piano solo on the spot. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Say that thing in a while. And that, again, is one of those pretty arrangements of mine. Um, and uh, as I said, I was in a phase where if I was still in that phase on that at that event, I try to do some crazy, super complex arrangement. But I came back to the place where it's just like, no, I'm gonna be myself. And I played it and it's a pretty simple arrangement, but it's crazy how persons were commenting and because it went up on YouTube and persons were saying, you know, how that that one is heavenly and whatever. People were like really responding. So it goes back to what you said, like be you, right? be you there's only one you right and 
yeah, you might not be like there, there. There are so many. There's so many like acapella groups in 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 Jamaica, but the, what I appreciate is that you're getting different flavors, right? Mm-hmm. So and so people could look at a humble, for example, and be discouraged, and you know, be like, nah, they. But Evans is coming with something totally different, totally different. Voices is coming, ascend is coming, so it's like different. So it's not about being at the top; it's about being yourself. Right. And people, because you'll have your audience. So, saying that to say, for anybody who's coming up in music, whatever field, singing, writing, playing, whatever, I come back to that word honesty. Like you have to be honest about who you are. And then, when once you identify who you are, you don't settle. You you add more things to you, but it's still a version of you. Yeah, don't look at what other persons are doing. Just be true to yourself. And the last thing I'll say is put God first. Put God first. God will definitely open doors for you. I was speaking to a musician um, just last Saturday night. I was played at a at an event. Um, he's a trumpeter, and he's played with he's played with a lot of he played with Lauren Hill, and he's played with um, a lot of big names. And he was telling me that listen, your gifts for him, his whole philosophy is church is where you come and you connect with God and you hone your skills and then you're supposed to go out and when you go out uh, that's where you're supposed to shine light and be fishers of men and you're just saying that come to him and ask him you know how so good persons outside of the church he points them to Jesus right and so just put God first and and just know that your skills your abilities your talents are for the service of God and for the service of man. And you'll be fine. Amen. Um, and that's what ministry is all about. Um, it's not about us. It's about God. And um, we should glorify God with our talents. And that's why we shouldn't sit on them, as I said before, and we should try to develop them. Um, Mr. Honigan, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, this has been a very good conversation and for those who you know are interested in music I hope you have gained some inspiration from this and um, of course if you want to check out Dale's podcast and his YouTube channel the link will be in the description and the link to his social media will be in the description as well so until next time this has been the Business Motivation Podcast for the first time interviewing somebody in the field of music. Yes, you can earn a living from this. So please don't just sit down on your talents. Go out there and you know do something for God and for yourself. Alright, Mr. Dale, you can say goodbye. And bye everyone. One one quick plug. My Instagram got hacked, so I'm building up a new Instagram. Okay. Dale Dale on keys on instagram subscribe uh follow me me. okay so thank you for that dale i totally forgot about that um that whole thing so yeah so the link to that will be in the description all right so until next time always stay motivated all right